One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, guys. So uh, tonight we're going to talk, we're going to continue in our uh, dream series on um, the unveiling of Christ in the the book of Revelation. And um, we're going to talk tonight about the white horse rider. You guys are white horse riders. You may not know it yet, but you were born to ride the white horse, okay? And so um, just to review real quick, the the dreams that I had um, are are pretty simple, but they're pointed. Um, In the first dream, the Lord wakes me up, uh, walks me downstairs into my kitchen, um, and uh, I look out into my backyard and... You know, I would live in a subdivision, so I don't have a barn, but there's a barn in my backyard. And uh, I open the door, um, walk out, and there's four horses in the barn. The white horse, the black horse, the red horse, and the pale horse. And of course, that's from the book of Revelation chapter 6, right? And so I'm standing in my backyard, and all of a sudden, Jesus is walking across the, the neighbor's yard. And uh, he comes over, and he starts to talk about the barn door needs to be open. Um, and that, that we're to let the horses run free. And, um, you know, that what Jesus is referencing there are the ministries in the church. The, the ministries are not supposed to be inside and housed. The barn door is supposed to be open so the ministries can go to the nations. Okay. The next night, the Lord uh, wakes me up, walks me downstairs. Only this time he walks me into my office, which is in the front side of my house. And... Um, he opens the blind, and I hear this neighing at the same time. These horses are neighing in my front yard. He opens the blind. I look out, um, and the four horses are loose in my front yard. All four, all four horses are roaming in my front yard. So I run out of the front yard, and um, Jesus is standing in the, in the road. He's standing by my mailbox. And as, you know, I start asking the Lord, what are, you, what are you doing? And he says, I'm searching for the riders. I'm searching for the riders of the horses. And all of a sudden, um, I see glowing people walking across the field that's adjacent to my house. And, um, you know, the, the Lord, the Lord uh, says, the next, the next thing he says to me is that the previous generation uh, were afraid um, of, of the time of Revelation, the, the time of the book of Revelation. But the next generation will know that they are, um, they were born for, for, the, for the time of Revelation. They were born for, they are to be the four horsemen. Amen? Okay, and so there's an identity transition happening here. How many of you guys grew up in a, in a, in a, in a setting where you had training or whatnot about the book of Revelation and your first thought of the book of Revelation is, oh my goodness, I hope I'm not here during that time. Don't be chicken, raise your hand. I know you did, okay? All right, so we've been talking about the unveiling, okay? We've been talking um, for the last um, several months about 
uh, the word apocalypto, meaning the unveiling of the sons of God, right? And this goes hand in hand. You know, a couple months ago, this, what we're going to talk about here tonight and for the next month or so, it didn't exist. I didn't know, okay? And I don't think it's coincidence that the Lord is taking you guys through this transition process, this awakening of, of not only are there ministries sitting in front of my eyes, there are transfigured glowing ones who will ride those horses, okay? So tonight we're going to talk about the white horse rider, okay? The white horse rider has some unique qualities, um, some unique abilities, which I think it's important that you grasp. But at the end of this, I want you to know that there's qualities in all four of these horses and in all four of the riders of the horses that you um, will function and flow in. You embrace, you're not just going to be, okay, I'm just a white horse rider. It's actually, there's going to be a mix and a flow of the abilities of all the horsemen um, in the equipping of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how um, the flow of the Holy Spirit functions in you. Each, each one of you are unique. You're different. Um, some of you are going to tilt toward words of knowledge. Some of you are going to tilt toward healing and laying hands on the sick. Some of you are going to have discerning of spirits. And it's just going to, you know, the gifts will flow out of you uniquely and differently. But um, so... Let's uh, let's talk to uh, let's talk about the uh, white horse rider. Uh, Revelation chapter six, verse one and two. This will this will be the foundation scripture here for tonight. Um, now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and just just let's just stop right there for a second. John cried out, "Who will open the book? Who will open the scroll?" Right, and the only one is the Lamb, the one who was risen from 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 the grave, Jesus Christ, the Word in heaven. He's the only one that has the ability to unveil or open the scroll. Every one of you have a destiny locked in your heart, and he is the one who opens it, okay? So you can't, you can't like, cheat on this test, okay? There, there's, no, there's no way around the fact that he is the only one that opens the, he has the key to open your destiny, okay? So where's your focal point need to be? It needs to be on Jesus, the living Christ who speaks and opens your destiny, opens your heart, unveils who you really are, right? Okay, and so Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, um, now, now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice like thunder, come and see, and I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Okay? So conquering ultimately is the goal. And the giftings that um, are this, this rider is equipped with is a crown um, and a bow. The bow and the arrow is representative of the, of the gifts of the Spirit, the prophetic ministry. Okay? The, the arrow actually is what pierces through the veil that's on people's heart. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But the first thing I want to talk about is the crown. Okay. When you are in Christ, you are a royal priesthood. You are clothed in glory. You are equipped supernaturally, right? You, you have this supernatural presence of the Holy Ghost upon you. And it's the power of the Holy Ghost. It's actually your crown. The Holy Ghost is your crown. Okay. You are to wear him wherever you go visibly, right? You walk in, um, you know, you know that wrestler. Who's, who's that wrestler that walks with the swagger? Walk, walks like this. 
What's his name? Conor McGregor. Yeah, he's got that swagger, right? You know, that's the kind of, that's the kind of confidence a person who knows who they are in Christ when you wear a crown and you know the giftings of the Holy Spirit, when you know that, that um, you are not at the mercy of the situation you walk into, the situation you walk into is at the mercy of the one who get, has the word of the Lord, right? You wear a crown. Do you wear a crown? Yes. Tell your neighbor you look good in your crown. <laughs> All right. The purpose is conquering. The Holy Spirit contrary to many perspectives and and opinions, is not timid and shy. The Holy Spirit is a dominating spirit, okay? Did the the Lord say that um, He would give you the promised land? He told Israel, I will give you the promised land. It was owned by giants. It was owned by supernatural fallen angels, creatures, right? It was impossible for man to take that land, But the Lord said, I'm giving you my spirit and I'm going to take you into the promised land. It will be supernatural, right? So what happened when Joshua crossed into the into the into the promised land? The supernatural, the waters parted, the Lord was with them, the glory went across the the land and the sun. Joshua was given power to command the sun to stand still until his enemies were beheaded and they took the land. Right? That's some power, right, Hayden? I mean, that's crazy. And so when you think about the ability that the Lord gives you with the power of the Holy Ghost, you need to have a mindset that expects that the supernatural is going to go before you. It's going to work in, in, in front of you. The Lord already has a plan to change the environment and the situation because if He speaks to you in vision and dream, just like He told Jeremiah, I promise to execute the vision same promise goes to you, right? So the invasion, you should expect to invade something. You should expect to go and conquer something. Okay, if I had a mindset when the Lord said go to India, if I had a mindset that I'm going to stand up there and shake on the stage, do you think anything would have been accomplished? Probably not. But I go in there expecting the Lord to speak, and I know something's going to happen. I trust in what the Lord is, is showing me, all right? And so um, this crown is, is very important. It's symbolic of your mind being set on the Holy Ghost, being set on what the, the Lord is saying. And I'm going to read uh, Romans 12 too. Um, and do not be conformed to this world, to this dimension, right? This world is a prison. It's a temporary place. Paul said it was temporal. It, it, it has an end point. But heaven, which you are connected to, is forever, Okay. And if you choose with your mind to be uh, connected to the mind of the Spirit, you are as supernatural as the Spirit leads you, okay? It's not about your ability. It's about the Holy Spirit leading you. And so Jesus, Jesus said the sons of, or I'm sorry, Paul said the sons of God are led by the what? The Spirit of God, right? So Paul's talking about a mind that is not subject to what CNN says, not subject to what your friend says, not subject to what your local government says. He's talking about a mind. He says, but be transformed, be transfigured, right? We talked about ascending the mountain and hear what the Lord is saying and you suddenly begin to glow, right? Jesus is looking for glowing ones, transfigured ones, burning ones to mount up on their horse, right? 
And so he says, be transfigured, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, so if he gives you a vision, he is revealing his perfect will to you, right? He gives you his spirit to pray in his perfect will, and then he gives you a vision to execute his perfect will to prove him. That's what it says. He says, he's basically saying, prove me, trust me. Right? You set your mind on what I'm showing you and the supernatural power of heaven will flow through you and you have faith to believe what I show you because I will execute it through you. Amen? That's pretty awesome. So the only thing hindering you in the world of the supernatural is your mind and your relationship with the Holy Ghost because Jesus poured it out Right? Jesus didn't hold anything back to you. He gave you the Holy Spirit. He gave you everything. He gave you access. He gave you keys of heaven. You can open the doors if you go into your prayer life and pursue Him. Just like Elizabeth, right? Maria said she prayed. She was crying out, praying in tongues. And the Lord gave her a detailed dream that went step by step about what we preached and talked about last week. That was pretty amazing. I mean, the opening of the eyes... The outpouring of the oil, the flames. I mean, that's pretty crazy, right? She preached what I talked about. The Lord actually was confirming what was being talked about. Okay? So where do you set your mind? Do you set it on CNN? Come on, man. You guys are Fox News glued, right? Oh. (laughs) Wait, I thought you guys were these... uh, deplorables sitting in the pews that have no purpose. You just sit around and listen to the, you know, what the local news wants to bombard you with and keep you brainwashed and powerless and keep flooding your heart with bad theology. You should be afraid. I hope I'm not here when the book of Revelation starts. Right? Come on. Do you set your mind on that junk or do you set your mind on what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? Can I tell you that all that junk doesn't matter if you get a word from the Lord? It didn't matter that nobody else that I knew ever went to India or or anything else. What mattered was the Lord spoke to me and said, go. And when I went, I spoke what he said. And crazy things happen, right? Okay, so where are you going to set your mind? Where are you going to set your heart? That's right. You're going to chase the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what's going to make you a burning one. That's what's going to open that barn door and, and literally convince Christ. You have the power with your heart to convince Christ to open that barn door and mount you on what you're called to be mounted on. Amen? Amen. All right, so the concept of being born again is not simply a trip to the altar. It's actually about a transfiguration. It's about you being blown by the wind, right? You're connected to the dove. You are, you are settled with 30% of the cage of the dove open. Oh, wait, wait. Did I say that right, Aiden? No, no. no. It's like, no, do not cage the dove. Do not chain the dove. Do not hinder the dove. I want the fullness of the Spirit flowing upon me, through me, in the house where I worship, in the workplace where I am. The Holy Ghost has to be unleashed. Amen? Amen. The Holy Ghost has to be unleashed. So, you know, Jesus was crowned with thorns so you could wear this crown. Come on, man. You with me, Ben? Yeah. 
Jesus was crowned with thorns. He did not have to go to that cross. He willingly went to that cross. He wore the crown, right? The, the thorns are the power, the representation of the, of the demonic power of the earth. The, the thorns that pierce the mind, right? Any of you guys deal with oppression, depression, haunts you, fear haunts you, right? That's the crown. And if you realize that I don't wear that crown, I refuse to wear that crown, even though I, I feel the fear coming on me, it sneaks up on me in the night, you roll out of bed and you put on your golden crown and you start to enter into the Spirit. You start to draw on the Holy Spirit, right? We, we learn how to pray supernaturally, knowing that the Lord would speak and change the whole dynamic of, of the presence that has just come to haunt you, right? The thorns get literally driven out of your mind. And that's the grace of the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? That you don't have to be subject to the world. You don't have to be subject to a spirit of depression coming on you. You don't have to be subject to fear coming on you. How many of you know that one of the biggest demons there are is called the Walmart demon? <laughs> Come on, man. You walk into Walmart and you're whistling Dixie, right? I can't whistle, but all right. You're, every, the life's good, man. Life's good. Heck, half the time my wife comes back out of Walmart, she's ready to rip somebody's head off. I'm like, all right, Shell, we, we, we got to get that thing to hopped on you. We got to get that thing to hop back off of you. Amen. Does Walmart do, any, do that to anybody else? Come on, man. I know I'm not. I, come on. Come on. Listen. Listen. <laughs> hey, come on, man. You go into some of these places where there's witches praying. You go into some of these places where evil um, has infiltrated, you know, places where you eat, bars, whatever, and some, somehow, some way, you're like, fear suddenly comes on you, anger. Anybody walk out of Walmart just flat out rah, angry? I'm like, Shell, you need to go fight that thing, not me. <laughs> I'm just joking, all right? All right. But I am serious. Come on, you all, you, you all, you all have experienced it. Come on, I'm talking to somebody here. I know you've all experienced it, okay? That's a thorn coming to haunt you, right? And you don't have to accept it. And the sooner you realize, oh my gosh, that's not me. That's not my heart that's angry. That's something that is literally trying to overwhelm me to take me out of my game because tonight I'm going to be hanging out with my kids or I'm going to be hanging out with my wife and they're going to, the enemy's going to steal that time, right? Come on, I'm talking to someone. You see, in the simple things of life, when you learn that you're not going to be dominated by that feeling, which is actually a whispering spirit, Paul called them flaming arrows, right? Flaming arrows. Let me tell you a quick story. I was... Uh, I just, I, I was going through, like I had a couple of weeks where I had this dread coming on me. This is about three, three years ago. Um, I had this dread, this feeling of dread come on me. And it was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm not even sure I want to live. Like, this is weird. Like anger. I, could, I would get angry and I, I, I'm pressing. I'm, I'm, I start to fast. I'm pressing the Lord for answers. And I went downstairs to my prayer room one morning and all of a sudden, as soon as I, as soon as I sat down, the Lord shows me this vision and he shows me this kitchen table and he shows my wife 
and my three children's pictures laying on the kitchen table. And there's a witch um, on one side and a witch on the back side of the table. And one has chicken bones in their hand and the other one has tarot cards. Okay. And if you don't know, chicken bones are used in witchcraft ceremonies. Tarot cards are also a form of witchcraft. Okay. And they're, they're literally casting spells over me and, and my, my family. And the Lord starts to, ta- starts to talk to me about an assignment that was against me and my family because of something I was doing in the community. I was, in, I was doing a ministry work in the community. And the Lord says, don't worry, I got this. All right? And so guess what happened? I started to pray the vision. And um, the, the, the next thing I saw in the vision was... Um, the tarot cards and the chicken bones catching on fire and the witches literally were blown away. And I started to pray and prophesy that the, the, the spells that were being cast against me will fall to the ground void and that the voice of God will speak out of the fire and those witches will be saved. That's what I used to pray. That, and that's what I prayed. And within a couple of days, man, my, the dread that was against me from the witchcraft that the, I didn't know, the Lord revealed to me. Okay, I didn't make this up. The, the Lord revealed to me that there was somebody in a public situation because I was in a public ministry that was assigned to pray against me. All right? All right, so flaming arrows are real things, right? So when you walk into Walmart and you walk in whistling, right? And you come back out ready to rip your husband's head off. Amen? Come on, come on, <laughs> come on. There, there's, a, there's a spirit that's assigned to take you out and to take you out of your game. And a mind that can recognize and be sensitive to the evil that comes against you, actually, you actually begin to rule, right? You begin to rule and reign with Christ, in Christ. And so the rider on this white horse wears a crown, sensitive to the spirit, you're also sensitive to the, to the presence of evil, and you're given a bow and an arrow to actually fight back, right? The arrows that the, the enemy fires at you are not as powerful as the arrows that come out of your mouth. Amen? Look at your neighbor and tell him you were born to prophesy. You were born to prophesy. Tell him you need to prophesy. Need to prophesy. Prophecy is not optional. Prophecy is not optional. It's not You see, you made me laugh, right? Okay. Prophecy is necessary in war. Tell them, prophecy is necessary in war. All right, guys. So there's this promise that when you wear the crown and you expect to go into battle every day, you know, a lot of, a lot of the church falls into a slumber. They just, they just want to have, a, you know, they just want to kick back and get through life, man. Huh? And that's not really what the call of God's about. The call of God is, is actually um, the most challenging thing you'll ever enter into. Okay? Because when you become sensitive to the feelings and the arrows that are coming against you and your family, it takes guts. It takes an active um, entry into war to pray the right things against your enemy. Okay? Praying for your enemy praying for your family, praying for where the church that you're called to, to work with, whatever it is, whatever your call is, you have to wear the crown. You have to. You have to loosen the arrows out of the bow. Okay? And so 
Um, turn with me. I want to talk to you about authority and power because authority and power go hand in hand with the vision. He doesn't just give you a vision and nothing happen, right? Okay, so we've seen for weeks, for, for months now, we've been ministering to people. How many, how many people night after night are there tears? Are there, are there encounters? Are there awakenings in the Spirit? Are there people's gifts awakened, right? Okay, those, those are uh, a release of authority and power, okay? So you have authority and power. It's not just the vision. Authority and power come with the vision, right? Okay, so Hebrews 1, verse uh, 1 to 3. And God, uh, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past through the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things. Now, in old days, only certain men that the Lord poured oil on could hear God. And so the body had to hear through the one man. Okay? Through Christ... The oil is poured out on just John. And you all have to listen to John. Is that true? No. No. The oil is poured out on who? Everybody. And everybody will dream dreams. Have the vision of the Lord. And you will what? Prophesy. Okay. So you are set up for victory. Right? As long as your heart embraces the gift, you are set up for victory. Okay, continuing on. He has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, upholding all things by the word of His power. Okay? So the same promise that spoke into the darkness way at the beginning of Genesis... Right? The world was dark without form. The Lord spoke into it. The light was released and the darkness had no power because the light reformed it. Right? The light that was released, the words that the Lord released changed the planet. Okay? Right? The, 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 everything that was birthed came through the word of the Lord. Okay? Okay. The promise, He upholds all things by the Word of His power. The word, word there is the word rhema. Okay? It's the, it's the, it's, uh, it has the root word lego, which we've been talking about when you ascend the mountain, when you have the encounter with the Lord, you hear what He's saying. He builds you lego block after lego block after lego block. That's the word rhema here. When you hear what the Lord is saying, His promise to you is He upholds all things by the word of His power. Okay? The word power there is the word dunamis. It means dynamite. It means supernatural. Okay? So when He speaks to you, what He speaks to you isn't just a vision and a word. It has dynamite. Right? Do you ever hear, do you ever see, see that, uh, what was that show back in the 70s where that guy used to say dynamite? Right? What? Good times. That's right. What was, what was that guy's name? JJ. He'd say dynamite. Look at the person beside you and say Dynamite. That's right. Okay. So when the Lord gives you a vision, he promises to uphold all things. Wait. No, I think it's just a couple things. It's only, only when Joan of Arc prophesies does the Lord uphold things. When you guys prophesy, it's just kind of... 
No. If He gives you a vision, if He gives Elizabeth a dream, are you with me? He gave Elizabeth a dream that was in line with what happened last week, confirming, did He uphold what He showed Elizabeth? That's right. He upholds all things by the word of His dynamite. Amen? All right. So, I mean, it's like, you should, you should be like a salivating dog. Like, it's time to eat. All right, Lord, what are you going to feed me? What are you going to talk to me about today? Because I know when you speak to me, it's dynamite. Something's going to get blown up. Something's going to get reformed. Something's going to get changed, right? Because the vision, the Lord, He knows your whole situation. He knew that there were witches praying against me and my family. And He came to me and said, I got this. And all I had to do was prophesy, I'm with you, Lord. I'm expecting you to fight my battle. You got this. Amen? Amen. Okay, so He upholds His Word. He upholds what He is saying to you with dynamite. He will execute it, right? Because he, he, he desires to take you into promise. He, he desires to dominate the darkness. The darkness cannot dominate you. Only if you let it. What happened to Adam and Eve? The only way Satan could win is to trick them into giving up what they were given. Right? Right? Satan had no power unless he tricked it and took it away. So you know how he does it to you? You roll out of bed and do nothing. You are baptized in the Holy Ghost. You pray in tongues. You do have the ability to prophesy, but you lay in bed. You do nothing for a week and you come back, listen to a good message by Bill. Life goes on. And you just endure, you endure the fear, you endure the torment that you're dealing with at night. You endure it because you're a good soldier. You just deal with it. No, you are called to dominate it, right? And when you learn to dominate and be sensitive to the arrows that are being fired against you, you expect the Lord to save you every day. You expect him to speak to you. No longer do you just accept darkness. You are transitioned into expecting light because the Lord upholds all things by the word of his power, right? The dynamite. He's expecting you to prophesy in your home. He's expecting you to pray in your home to release his dynamite in your home to change the atmosphere of your home. And when you learn, when you become truly ingrained in wearing the crown instead of the thorns, accepting the Walmart demon crown or the Walmart demon uh, thorns. You don't accept that. No, you're walking in and, and, and you are ready for battle, right? And you may say, wait, do I really have to be ready for battle to walk into Walmart? You've got to be ready for battle every moment of your life. And that is what the awakening of Christ is really about, okay? It's being sensitive to His voice because darkness is all around you and He, he has uh, awakened you as a soldier in His army to change something to deliver something, to set a captive free, to heal somebody, to raise the dead, to cast out a devil. Amen? All right. So power and authority, the dynamite, come, come with the word. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive dunamis. You shall receive dynamite power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be a witness. Right? Tell your neighbor, you will be a witness. The power of heaven has come upon you. 
That's right. So let's talk about authority. Jesus said, behold, I give you authority to tread on the serpent and the scorpion. Okay? So you walked into Walmart. Dread is all over you. And you're laying in bed for the next week, shaking in fear. You're trembling. Come on, I'm talking to somebody in here. Come on, you just accept it. Man, I hope this just goes away. I hope it just goes away. Wait a minute. Did he not give you authority and power? He gave you his dynamite power. When you, when you enter into his presence, you get a vision from the Lord. He gave you authority to tread on the serpent. The flaming arrow has no ability. It has no authority over you. You have authority over the flaming arrow. You have authority over the curse. You have authority over the, the dread, the evil, the fear, right? Okay, and so when you awaken to your authority, you actually go looking for a fight. Come on, man. If you get your, if you get your life cleaned up and you, you begin to fight, you'll be amazed at what you have accepted through your lifetime. Oh, that's just the way it is. Dad had depression, so I guess I'm going to have depression. My mom shook in fear every day of her life, so I guess I just have to deal with fear. No, no, no. He awakens you. He begins to speak to you. He says, I have a horse for you. I'm going to cause you to glow like lightning. I'm going to cause you to wear a crown. I'm going to equip you to prophesy. I'm going to equip you to go to war. And no longer do you and your future generations have to accept the fear, have to accept the brokenness, have to accept being um, inundated with just bad stuff happening in your life. Because if he's true, he says that my favor is upon you. I refuse that. Right? And when you begin to align your heart and pray with... Jesus said this in Isaiah 63. He said, my father's vengeance is in my heart. When you realize that vengeance is part of God's nature, Jesus said this, love what is good, hate what is evil. You should hate the enemy that haunts you at night. You should hate the fear that torments you at night. You know, how, you know how the Lord awakens you? He, begin, he begins to allow you to be sensitive that there is a, a better way. That there is um, opportunity to have victory over the woeful mindset and the, and the limitations that evil comes upon you with. Amen? All right, so why prophesy? Why would you prophesy? Once your life, once you have victory in your life, you just need to shut your mouth, Right? No, no, no. The reason why the church is supposed to function with the voice of the Lord is that you help clean each other up. When your buddy is inundated by a flaming arrow that's bigger than him, he needs a friend to come and pray. And then together, it says that one, uh, two will put a thousand, of, or what's the scripture? One, one will put a, a thousand to flight, two will put 10,000. Okay, so a bigger devil requires a friend. Amen? Do you have, a, do you have a, a buddy that you pray with? Do you have somebody that, that you're aligned with to help pray and discern what the things are the, of why you're tormented, why, why um, certain times of the year end up being very hard emotionally, right? I mean, those are things that you should... When I was awakened to the power of the Holy Spirit, I literally started to write down a war plan. Literally. 
what I am actively warring against, right? I'm warring against the fear that my mother shook in. I'm warring against the alcohol that my grandfather drank day and night to drown his pain in. I'm warring against the schizophrenia that was in a, in a, in a distant relative because I don't want to fall into the oppression in a continuous lifestyle. I actively mapped out a war plan and literally started to pray against it and embrace the peace, the joy, the promise of the Lord. You know that, you know that thing that came in here a few weeks ago when everybody was overcome by laughter and joy, right? That's, that's the nature of the Father. That's what He wants to give you all time, all times, right? Not just some of the times, all of the time, right? Just think what your life would be like if you spent your life laughing. No, I'm dead serious. It is possible. It is possible, right? It is possible that a life that started out angry and hurt and wounded can be transfigured because of a relationship and an impartation of dynamite, of authority, that Christ um, is going to transfigure you so that you can transfigure the people around you. Right? There's people all around you. We've, we've been talking about this for months now. There's people all around you. There's people all around the city who are hopeless. I don't care if they go to church. If they don't hear the voice of God, they're hopeless. Don't fool yourself. They can, they can check the box and be there every Sunday. It doesn't matter. Because if they're not hearing the voice of God, there's a dread in their life. There's a lie working in their life. There, there, there's only one thing that causes darkness to flee. What is it? He started the book out with it, right? The, the world was dark, black, without form and void. And the Lord spoke and the darkness could not withstand it. It could not resist it, right? Oh my gosh. He upholds all things by the word of his power. I want that. I want that in my life. I have to hear you. I need you. I am desperate to hear you. It's not an option, Lord. I need you to speak. I will not go one more week in this pain. I will not go one more week accepting what, I've ex- what my grandparents and my parents accepted in their brokenness. I want a victorious life, right? That's what, that's what the rider of the white horse, that's, that's a mentality. That's an expectation of a victorious life. Amen? All right, and so what, what, does this, what does this rider have to conquer, okay? This rider has to conquer some, ma- some major things, okay? Number one, there's an element in the church of resistance of the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you have a cross on your front door and you, you look the part. If you resist the Holy Spirit, if you have that, that dove in the cage, you open the door but the dove is still chained inside the cage or you actually let the dove out and that dove, it has a dog collar on it. It can't fly. And the eagle, the wind can't move and the whole transformation happens in the church, right? That, that's an enemy. That's an enemy of God, okay? The Bible, the Bible says this, um, first, first, Thessalon- yeah, first Thessalonians 5.19, um, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Right? Do not despise prophecy. 
Do not quench the Spirit. Do not stop it. Do not try to hold it. Do not try to cage it. Do not keep that goat, that dove under a leash. Amen? Amen. Do not. Why? Because the wind of heaven is supposed to be the whole, the whole thing that, that cleanses and awakens the body to take the rightful position in Christ. Amen? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That's, that's Ephesians 4.30. So do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not contain the Holy Spirit. Do not resist the Holy Spirit. Do not stop letting the Holy Spirit to speak. Right? So there's a lot of scripture here that talks about what really is the enemy of God. Right? Think about the heart of Jesus. Jesus came and conquered sin and death for you. And then he takes the keys of life and death in hell. He ascends. He goes into heaven. And he tells him, don't leave the city. I'm sending you the one thing that will transfigure you, awaken you, position you, lead you through life. The spirit of truth. He will lead you into all things. Right? And the spirit of truth will literally not only transfigure you, but it will transfigure the people around you. Because the people around you are as, as in need as you once were. Right? Some of, you, some of you guys have had some major breakthrough in the last three or four months. Right? Some of you are hearing the Lord so profoundly that as soon as a, a person walks in the room now, you're standing up and say, oh my gosh, I got a word for him. Oh my gosh, I have a prophecy for, for that woman. I know that the Lord is going to do something in your life because this is the dream I had about you. Right? That's a healthy body. That's a, that's a body who cares for each other and, and is praying with each other. And everybody begins to grow in the presence of the Lord because hearing God becomes not only possible, but it becomes a way of life, right? So resisting the Holy Spirit no longer culturally is, is the, the issue at hand because you've embraced what the voice of the Lord is saying. You value it, right? And so... One of, the, one of the enemies, you know, John said this in, in 1 John 4, 3. Um, he said that the Antichrist spirit is in the world today. Okay? So you're not, when you, are, when you are speaking to people who are resisting the Holy Spirit, I don't care if they're Hindu, I don't care if they're Buddhist, I don't care if, if they're Christian and under a theology that resists the Holy Spirit, it's all the same thing. It's Antichrist. Okay? The word Christ is not Jesus' last name. Right? Shell thought that Jesus Christ was that was his that was his full name, right? No, I'm joking. Christ 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 was Christ means the anointing. Right? I'm joke I'm joking about Shelley. I'm just I'm trying to make a joke. Right? Christ is the anointing. So Jesus the anointed one, right? And so when the anointing comes upon you. Right? It's the very same thing that was on Jesus and he valued. He actually gives the anointing to you. Right? And so antichrist is anti-anointing. Anti-ability to hear. Anti-ability to trust in the voice of God. Anti-ability to be delivered by the voice of God. Anti, it's the antichrist spirit. Okay? So this rider has to know what they're up against at times, right? Because you're going you're gonna to be dealing with people 
that resist the Holy Spirit, but the gifting of the Holy Spirit allows you through the supernatural hearing of the Holy Spirit to actually overcome that, right? The Lord, the Lord has sent me all, all, all over India um, with thousands and thousands of people who came in being Hindu and left praying in the Holy Ghost, okay? So that's a work of the Spirit. That's a work of the anointing. Amen? Okay, so <clears throat> let's say this. Let, let, let's pray. Say, say this in the name of Jesus. Anoint me with the crown of righteousness to set the captive free. Speak to me. Mount me on my horse. Make me a veil breaker. Come on, make me a veil breaker. Make me a veil breaker. To set my friend free. To set my family free. To set my city free. Amen. You see, Paul had to deal with this constriction. He had to deal with this spirit all the time. Okay? In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, he's going into Greece. Okay? Greece is, is it's known as the most philosophical, logical place on earth at the time. Okay? You guys know that's where uh, Plato, Socrates, you know, you know Socrates? Socrates? Is that how you say it, Pete? <laughs> Socrates. All right. So Paul was going into Greece, into the very place where Socrates' great-great-grandson and Plato's granddaughter, they're all, can you picture them all? You know, they're in, they're in the, the, the center place of the city. They're all, they've got their scrolls out. They're writing their philosophical, humanistic views of life and, you know, the way they, they, they think they're supposed to live. And Paul comes onto the scene. And uh, this is what the, the scripture says. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with the excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with per, per, persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. Dunamis. Right? That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the dunamis, but in the power of God, right? Paul didn't, what Paul is saying is I didn't try to philosophize with the philosophers, okay? I didn't try to change their logical view by being more logical than them. That's what Socrates and Plato did, okay? Plato is saying, well, I got a better humanistic view than you. And then Socrates would, would come back a month later and say, no, I figured this out logically. We're going to, this is the way we're thinking. No, Paul says, no, no, no. I walked in there for a minute there. I, try, I tried to outthink them. I tried to, out, I tried to outscripture them. I tried to outmaneuver them by showing the better way with scripture and, and Paul is saying, no, 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 I almost forgot. I had to grab hold of the gift, the power of the Holy Spirit, and I used the power of the Holy Spirit, and suddenly the most philosophical people on earth are transfigured because somebody like Aiden walks in and starts prophesying over people. 
Amen? Amen. Are you with me? You got the picture. Right? You were born to what? You were born to what? The Lord is calling you to mount up on your horse, guys. There, there is a supernatural purpose for you as you are equipped to trust in the voice of the Lord and expect everything to happen in the voice of the Lord. Let me tell you a story. Um, I was in India in 2018, and uh, we had this, we had this um, pastor's meeting set up. And uh, when I go to India, I usually, you know, when I go, I have to pay literally $5 a head for every pastor that I get to the meeting because you literally you have to have buses and different things to co- go pick them up and bring them in. And um, that's, just, that's just the culture of India, anybody that comes in. So we had 100 pastors scheduled. Um, and the Lord wakes me up that morning and he shows me this vision of a pregnant woman. It has a serpent, a, a boa constrictor wrapped around it Round her, and it's squeezing the child in her belly, and she's crying out for help. And all of a sudden, I see an angel. This angel steps into the picture, grabs the serpent, and begins to uncoil the serpent off of the pregnant woman. Okay? The Lord speaks to me and says, Today, I'm going to uncoil my church. I'm going to awaken my church today. Okay? So I'm like, I'm pretty stoked, right? I don't know what's going to happen. Exactly, but something supernatural is going to happen because the Lord has already showed me that His church is pregnant, but it's being constricted. The church is ready to give life, but it's being constricted. Amen? That's the picture of, of a lot of the American church, by the way. Amen? Okay, so all of a sudden my phone rings, my cell phone, and the pastor that I'm working with in this region, he goes, you're not going to believe this. There's already 200 people here. There's 200 pastors. What are we going to do? I'm like, oh, God, you know, glory to God. I don't know what we're going to do. He's like, we, have, we only have enough money for 100. I said, well, how are they getting there? Some, somebody's getting there, right? I said, I don't know. We'll figure it out. I got some extra money. We'll, we'll figure it out. 20 minutes later, he calls me. He's like, okay, we're sending the car to come get you, but you should know this. There's already 250 people here. I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know where they're coming from. Half hour later, right? My car's there. I get another phone call. Okay, there's 300 pastors here. What are we going to do? This went on. I got in the car. I'm on my way to to the pastor's meeting. Phone rings again. There are 400 pastors, and we only planned for 100 I said, don't worry, man, the church is pregnant and he's going to unleash. He's going to rip that snake off the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a picture here, but I said, don't worry about it. We're going to get, we, we got, we'll get it taken care of the, the Lord. If the Lord's doing this miracle, the rest of it will, will play out. Okay. And so I get there. There's, there's 400 pastors in a room, man. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What do you, you know? And this all is connected to the vision, okay? I'm telling you this story because when he gives you a vision, there's a miracle, there's a power, there's an ability that's connected to the vision that is beyond your ability. And you've got to learn to think. You've got to wear your crown and saying, all right, Lord, I know you're doing something big. I know when I, you give me a vision for this girl or this woman or this church, you're going to do something big, right? And so, you know, 
get through worship and stuff, they, they introduce me. I start asking some questions because I want to know who I'm dealing with. Basically, out of the 400, there were about 10 guys that knew anything about the Holy Spirit, that prayed in the gift of tongues, or knew anything about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, all right, I'm in the right place, right? And so I start, I start to get into the message that I was talking about. It was, you know, it was the Holy, Holy Spirit message. And all of a sudden, I see in the back, I see this commotion. I see this woman, like she's like making all this commotion. Um, and these, these pastors are trying to hold her back. They're not letting her come up front. And I finally stopped and asked my interpreter what's going on. Um, we end up bringing the woman forward and the story is this. No, this, this is crazy. She's nine months pregnant. Okay. She went to the doctor, uh, the day before because she hadn't felt her baby kick for over a week. And the doctors, um, said the baby was dead and she was desperate and somehow she finds out about this meeting and she was desperate to come to the front and have us pray for her. Okay? Guess what happened? She's, she's, she's up here and she's crying. And I said, all right, guys, we're going to start to pray. I know you don't pray in Holy Ghost, but just start to pray. Just worship, right? We put the worship stuff on. We started to, I, st- I laid my hand on her. We're praying. Nothing happens. Okay? Five minutes later, I'm still praying for her. Nothing happens. About 15 minutes, okay, I felt a kick. And she stopped crying. And her, her eyes went like, and guess what? I didn't preach that day. That woman preached that day. Jesus Christ preached that day, right? That baby kicked, and she went from hysterical crying, overcome with grief, to absolute joy. And that's the picture of prophecy, okay? Because what the Lord was showing me, that this constriction that was on her taking life from that child, the same fervency in prayer that I would not just lay my hand on her and said, well, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to go get your C-section or, you know, all, all the other stuff you, you, you do in that situation. You're just going to have to deal with it. I got to go preach. No. I prayed five minutes, nothing happened. I prayed 10 minutes, nothing happened until the 15 minute mark when I felt a kick and her eyes were as bright as mine. Okay? And we brought her up on stage. <laughs> she testified. And I kid you not, in 15 minutes, all 400 men in that place were praying in tongues. The vision preached. Jesus preached. The, the word the Lord gave me in the morning, I didn't know that a pregnant woman was literally going to show up. Okay? But the Lord had prepped me Somehow that the symbolism, there was a woman with constriction that, you know, the church is a, the symbol of the church is a woman. Okay. And so the Lord symbolically used a woman, in the exact situation brought a child back to life. And the Lord is saying to you today, India, that the Lord is awakening your church. Life is going to come out of your church. You've been constricted with an antichrist constricting spirit, but now the anointing is coming upon you. Life is coming into your womb and you will give birth and you will cause multiplication to happen in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Are you with me? So the power of vision 
is, is, it's multidimensional. It has so many um, dynamics to it. It has abilities to it that are beyond our ability. And all the Lord wants you to do is pursue Him in prayer and, and work with Him. Hold on to Him in a supernatural way as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right, is allowed to move. Will you let Him move? Right? You were born to let the Holy Spirit flow through you. Right? The expectation is not on you. The expectation is in the Holy Spirit. Right? And Jesus said this on the night of the crucifixion. Will you not tarry with me? Will you not push through the night with me? You see, some of us are being put in situations right now where you, you know, laying your hand on the woman just for two minutes doesn't work. You've got, you've got, to, you've got to keep praying. You've got to keep expecting. You've got to, you've got to literally embrace the calling. And, and when Jesus gives you a vision, you have to say, wait a minute. He said that he would, uphold, um, he would uphold the world. He would reform the world with his word, right? Right? That, that's the power of his word. And so you embrace it. Amen? Amen. And so <clears throat> I'm going to finish with this. When I, when I woke up this morning to pray... Um, I had this unique visitation this morning. There's this angel that the Lord introduced me to um, when I started to go to India. This, this angel's name is the Reaper, okay? You know, when the Lord, when the Lord came to me today, um, it was just unusual. And I, you know, imagine this. Um, I just sat down and, and the Lord started to speak to me this, about this angel. And I literally didn't say another word for 30 minutes because all I did was laugh. Amen. And so um, this laughter came out of me again. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where I believe, um, you know, there's supernatural things happening. And the Lord, I believe the Lord wants to start introducing many of you to angels. Have any of you ever seen an angel? Have ever, any of you ever, uh, <laughs> um, I know this is a crazy question, but when you get awakened in the Holy Spirit, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the gift of discernment. Okay, the gift of discernment allows you literally some people see demons, some people see angels, some people see um, in the spirit world. It's it's not crazy, but here's the deal. Okay, Hebrews chapter one, I, I encourage you if you want if you want to pursue the concept of angels and how angels are meant to help you in ministry, um, the, the chapter one of Hebrews actually talks a lot about it, okay? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7 says this, and about his angels, he says, I make my angels swift winds who make my ministers flames of fire. Amen? So flames of fire, if you can envision, when the Lord gives you a vision, do you ever wonder how the vision has power? When, when you begin to prophesy that arrow that's released out of your mouth, there's an angel upon that, that wind, okay? When, when you embrace the wind of the Spirit and, and the supernatural begins to happen around you because you speak it, it's because there literally are angels writing your words, okay? It's not just you with, with you know, the words you think that, you know, are, are what the vision means. It's actually the angel actually carries the dunamis power and imparts the ability, okay, imparts the transfiguring ability of the, of the vision, okay? You know, we've had a lot of crazy things happen here. I mean, you know, Rex came from Wisconsin. Rex is still calling me. Every day, Rex is texting me. 
He is, he is so undone in the Holy Ghost. He's, uh, you know, how do I pray? What does this mean? Um, I'm, I'm bringing my, my, my other son, the Marine. I'm, I'm bringing people. We're coming down in a few weeks. I mean, he's on fire, right? We've got Jimmy's group that's, that's now catching fire. Um, we've, we've got Elizabeth dreaming supernatural dreams, right? That was an amazing dream. That, the detail of Elizabeth's dream is so unique and has so much ability in it. Um, it's a, there was a strategy in it, right? There, there literally was a strategy in it. And so, let's, let's do this. Say this. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, flood my heart with light. Open my spiritual eyes with the gift of discernment. I want to see angels. I want to see into the realm of heaven. I want to have visitations in heaven. I want to be taken to where John was taken. I want to see the way Ezekiel saw. I want the details. I want to hear you tell me the meaning of the vision. And I will prophesy what you show me. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see the angels that you've assigned me to work with in the ministry that you called me to. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book, The Key of David, Experiencing the Voice of God, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.